Welcome to Story Chats at Inspire Romance. I'm Elizabeth Madry, and I'm here with my two co-hosts. I'm Neural Atkins. And I'm Valerie Comer. Today, we are talking about the spiritual arc, or the faith arc, sometimes it gets called, um, that's part of CCR. And it's really this faith element that makes the difference between Christian romance and sweet or clean romance, um, that, that, that extra special part that makes it push over the edge into, um, into Christian romance, Christian fiction. So there's a huge spectrum on the faith arcs. And so I thought it would be fun to hit up some of them in the books that we think do them well. Um, because, you know, like, like our own spiritual journeys, right? No book's spiritual journey is exactly the same as anybody else's. So um, I thought it would be fun first to sit up CCR that handles like a conversion where one of your main characters, the hero or heroine, does not begin the book as a believer. Um, because, and it's, I like these books. I think it's reasonable to expect that not every hero or heroine is going to always already be a believer necessarily. So, because um, that's not real life, right? We, we all probably have friends who, who are not believers. Um, and hopefully our characters are doing their part to spread the gospel as well. So what are some books that you've read that have had a character who's come to know Christ as part of the story? Um, and, and that part was, you know, how did you enjoy the author's handling of that is where I'm going with that question. <laughs> um, we'll start with Valerie. I think interestingly, like when I was a kid, which has been a while, um, there was Christian fiction and it, it seems as though if there wasn't a conversion, it wasn't Christian fiction. Like that seemed like the, the gospel message had to be in every book and, and I'm talking you know the Danny Orlis books you have to be a certain age I think to remember some of these these books or the Sugar Creek Gang books from when I was a kid or um, there's a few other series but um, I, I love that nowadays we can take characters from like at whatever stage they're at and then follow them for a, a while on their journey. And one that I've read recently and really enjoyed was Tony Shiloh, Finally Accepted. I read her Freedom Lake series, um, I binged it, the, the three in a row. And so I had to go back and think, which one was it that had that the strongest? And I think it was Finally Accepted. and. The hero is not a believer, but he falls for the perfect little Christian girl. And so he knows he's got no chance at all because she is, she's like, she's perfection. She is the Christian girl. And he, of course, doesn't realize all the doubts and, and questions that are going on in her mind because she's hiding those really, really well. Uh, her faith is really in a tailspin. But um, it's through a multiple of things and through their mutual friends as well, where he comes to faith in the Lord. So the, I really enjoyed uh, her take on that. Excellent. All right. I liked that uh, as well. I didn't think of that one for this question, but you're absolutely right. It's fabulous. Um, Narelle, what about you? Well, I have... Hope for Freedom by Elizabeth Madry, <laughs> someone you've never, ever met before, never heard of. <laughs> and this is Indie Yeah, does it look familiar? <laughs> That's kind of. 
So, and it's, I mean, it's Indigo's story. And I really love this book. If you haven't read um, Elizabeth's series, go read it. And um, I re- what I really liked about the way Indigo came to faith is it was just, it was so natural and real to life. It wasn't contrived. It, it I, don't, I don't know. It, it just made perfect sense. Like it was just so logical for her to come to faith and accept Jesus as her Lord and Saviour. Like it just made perfect sense. And that's probably one of the things I look for in a story is that if a character is going to become a Christian, that I believe that they really are becoming a Christian. They're going to stay a Christian. It's kind of like getting married. You want to make sure that that commitment is true and real. And so I like to see that in a character. And I think Elizabeth did a really good job with um, Hope for Freedom and with Indigo's journey in that story as well. Yeah. Um, I always, I mean, that's lovely to hear because I w- am with you completely. I've read some um, that are clunky and they don't feel it's, and you're like, okay, I get that they had to go there because you need the story to progress, but it doesn't feel as good. So, and I'm not naming those names. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it's tricky, I think, to work a conversion in to make it natural. Um, so, one that I had written down, I have two, um, but we can go around again. If do you, do you guys have others too? Okay, so I have I'll one just, more. I'll choose yeah. one. <laughs> um, is Hallie Bridgman's Sapphire Ice, um, and yeah. it has actually like an altar call, which um, the conversion happens as part of an altar call, which you don't see as much today. I agree with Valerie that it used to be where in Christian fiction, if there was not an altar call and a conversion like right there as part of preaching, it, it didn't qualify. So, but you don't see that as often anymore, um, which I'm grateful for because sometimes I feel like those don't work. They start to feel contrived, but Hallie's, um, it has stuck with me. I'll admit that the first time I read it, I didn't necessarily, I was like, mm. I think because of the baggage of like what used to be required, but it has stuck with me and I just think about it sometimes because it was really actually very beautiful and it was so true to what that character needed. It fit her character so perfectly that I don't think it could have worked any other way. It had to be that way. And for that, it, it's just a beautiful thing. Um, so that's one. Interesting. I I have read that, but it has been, quite a while and I don't recall it um specifically but yeah um it's interesting Mm, I read that book a while ago and I'm hopeless though um I have to cheat with these things I go to my um author website where I have my blog and I write book recommendations and I'll put in strong faith element and go see what I wrote about that's excellent. And that's how I remember books. Yeah. So it's the Norel cheating, but I wrote the book recommendations. So that's not really cheating. No. <laughs> All right, Valerie, you said you had another? Well, I'm going to, I'm going to give one of mine. No, you can't. Mean. Cause that's my other one. Okay. Just... <laughs> Norel, over to you. Okay. Well, I'm going to go, um, to A Season to Dance by Patricia Beale. So this is her debut book. It's a gorgeous cover. 
And um, the first time I've read this book, I had to stop reading it after the first chapter. Uh, if you go to my um, website, you can look up my book recommendation. I think I also talked about it. If you look up Inspire Romance as well, I talked about this book because of what the ending of that first chapter was just hitting too close to home in my life. So I put it aside and read it again later and absolutely loved it. It's a bit of a tearjerker. I have the tissues. Um, but it's actually Patricia became a Christian as she in the process of writing this book. Oh, wow. as well oh. yeah so go, go look up Patricia Bill she has a really interesting um story and it's probably the only book I can think of where the where the author has been so intrinsically linked in terms of the book actually helping her come to faith oh. um but it's a very beautiful story it's a very realistic story she has characters who aren't Christian who do um who don't have the Christian morals you know how you often see books where you've got non-Christian characters but they behave like they are Christians in terms of morals and it doesn't work so she doesn't do that so it's a very sort of natural realistic story and um, I loved it so and it's a book that stayed with me and it's a book I'll reread as well okay excellent all right so I'm going to choose Valerie's books Um, and actually it's one of Valerie's characters um, because his faith arc I love because it's across multiple books which again to me feels realistic um, it's Dan Ranta. Was that who you were going to choose, Dan? Carry on. Okay. <laughs> After I so cruelly cut you yes, off. Yes. Sorry. Um, so um, he starts out, I don't even remember what book, and it's her Urban Farm Fresh series. And he's he's around for many of the books leading up. And he just has this really sort of sad, awful life. Um, Poor, you, <laughs> poor Dan. Um, and, in book two with uh, Butterflies on Breezes okay. is, is his sister's story. So he's yes. introduced there. And um, and he has this family who is kind of a train wreck with, uh, with the exception of the sister. Um, and she is just doing what we're meant to do and just speaking Jesus's love into his life, even though it's really hard because he's absolutely not interested. Um, and he just slowly, gradually over the course of the books, you see him start to change. And it's just really beautiful and it makes me cry, which is embarrassing, but oh well. Um, <laughs> um, but I love Dan's story. And so then when you get to his, his book, Dancing at Daybreak, which is, um, what number is Dancing? Uh, seven, I think. Seven. So Maybe. you've got lots of books of just Dan getting sort of kicked and pulled towards Jesus. Um, and he actually ends up the book before accepting Christ. But and I want dance- to point out though, that he's a really minor character. Yes. That he is, it, it isn't like five books of, of him. He's no. in and very occasionally. Three, three or four sentences here or there, a mention. Um, but you see him growing. So then when he shows up as the hero of the book and, and in the book previous, when he, when he, um actually gives his life to Christ and then you know when you see that he's the hero of the book you're looking at it and you're like his life's a train wreck what on earth are you doing Valerie (laughs) because um he's just his life's a train wreck but now it's a redeemed train wreck and he's trying to do the right thing and it's just beautiful um and I think I probably prefer those sorts of conversions where you see them as minor characters working their way towards Christ um, before they become the hero of a love story. Because I always get a little worried about missionary dating um, 
I don't yeah. know if that's a term that everybody knows, but this idea that you're going to date somebody so that they'll come to know Jesus and then it'll be okay. And um, I just always have concerns <laughs> about that yeah. because it goes yeah. back to like, are you accepting Jesus because you love Jesus or are you accepting Jesus because you love this other person and that's their requirement? Yeah. Um, so yeah. you mentioned Dan uh, and I was going to mention Dixie. Okay. <laughs> so yep. Dancing at Daybreak, again, um, is the book. But Dixie also has been through all of those um, stories. And she was introduced also early on because she and Dan are living together and they have a ba baby together through these earlier ones. So when he becomes a Christian, she's like, no way. And she runs. So Dancing at Daybreak might be their romance, but it is also Jesus romancing Dixie is a really big part of, of yeah. the storyline. And it's not automatic. She does a lot of running. She's also a train wreck. She is. Yeah, she yeah. is. She's and the best that, characters. <laughs> that story is just two broken people. Um, I'm going to cry again. <laughs> I love this <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just two broken people who Jesus healed. It's beautiful. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I think that's the really big advantage of series, I think. And that's what I love. And I mean, Valerie's series has that. And I mean, both of you guys do this really well in all your series is that you, you set up the minor characters so that when they finally get that story, um, you, they can already be a Christian or be about to become a Christian. So you'll start the book knowing that it makes sense that this person is going to become a Christian during the story if they weren't currently a Christian, if that makes sense. It does. So it's logical. But yeah. I'd, I'd like to point out too, though, that I think, I think that you can pick up Dancing at Daybreak and just, just read that one. Absolutely. And, and yeah. I mean, hopefully it'll make you want to read the previous stories that introduce the characters and, and their friends around them. But I, I really tried hard to make it something that could stand alone by itself yeah. and um, just be their, their story with enough yeah. of background woven in that, uh, that you don't yeah. have to have been there. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. And I'm, yeah. And unlike um, Elizabeth, I'm not a big fan of missionary dating books either. I think the whole flirt to convert thing is just a very problematic <laughs> concept. I have in the heard church. Of that. I've never oh, really. <laughs> yeah, flirt. This is dancing at daybreak. Yes. In case yeah. anyone yes. is curious what it looks like. So. Go read it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so you've never heard of flirt to convert? No. Okay. No. That's something that. I heard when I was growing up, it was it was the what what you do not do, <laughs> for all the reasons we talked about. And so I think uh, as a I think as authors we have a responsibility to we could have very young readers, um, teenagers reading our books that um, we want to make sure that we're very clear in terms of what God's best is in terms of what we're writing as well. So yeah. I think that's where flirt to convert something I would hesitate to include in a book unless I sh there were dire consequences that were shown from that if that makes sense yeah. the natural consequences were borne out yeah For yeah sure. there'd be definite um I like the idea that you could do that storyline and have it work and be unique because I, I don't like 
writing the same story over and over. And I don't like reading yeah. the same story over and over just with like a new setting and two different names. And you're like, this is like, this is almost exactly what I read last week. Right. When you're like, yeah. I, I promise I just read this. I've already read this. And it's like, no, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it could, it could be something that would work. In fact, now you've got me, you know, feeling challenged to go and find characters I can put in. <laughs> and, oh no, and I have seen it, I think, um, and you do see it, but usually the way it's um, set up is that the Christian character is very well aware of the fact of unequally yoked and what that actually means. So, as, And that also is brought up in the story is that I shouldn't be, in terms of understanding the biblical underpinnings of it all. So I think if that Bible foundation is in the book, then I don't have a problem. I'm fine with that. Yeah. If that's missing, then I've got a bit more of an issue. Yes. Oh, so that makes what sense. I'm, what I'm thinking now is like a best friends to lovers kind of thing where they don't plan to fall in love. Oh, I, yeah. I, my brain's rolling now. <laughs> so let's have a critique group. Right. <laughs> oh, my. Uh, did you have another one, Narelle? Oh, what, what did I talk about? No, I think I've talked about the two I had. Okay. Yes, All right. I'm good. Then we'll move to what I think is probably more common, um, which is where the faith arc deals with the spiritual growth of the hero and heroine. Um, or sometimes it can be just one of them has more of a faith journey and the other is fairly steady and, and solid. And I don't have a problem with either way. I don't necessarily feel like you need to have a huge faith journey for both characters at the same time. In fact, sometimes when you do that, it's like so much drama. It and can I'm, feel contrived. Yeah, it can, yeah. yeah, it can start to, like, does nobody have just a normal life for two seconds? <laughs> Could we all just breathe? I think it do, yeah, <laughs> it depends on the length of the story. I think if you're writing 50,000 words or less, it's very hard to have two characters with a very highly developed spiritual arc in the yes. story. Yeah, and that's the love inspired yeah. length. So right. yeah, you it, that's true that you can really only fit one, yeah. one story in that. Yeah. yeah. So um, what sorts of things do you love to see in these types of faith arcs where someone's um, spiritual life is progressing? What, what are you looking to see? What do you love to see? Maybe what do you not love to see? Um, and what are some books that you feel have great faith arcs? Um, I don't remember who I started with first last time. So we'll start with Narelle first this time because I think I chose Valerie first. Yes. So um, I think I, I wrote down two books for this one. Um, are we talking about what we want to see or the books? We're talking the about books. the books as well. I mean, we? or yeah. both. Okay. So um, the first one I talked about is an author you've never heard before. Um, Valerie Comer and I picked the Cowboys Mixed Up Matchmaker which yes. is her series before the one we've just been talking about and I really love this book because it's two characters who um, said if we're not married by 30 we're going to marry each other mm -hmm. and of course they get to a nearly 30 and they're both single so it all gets very interesting from there and um, I wrote because I, I, I went and looked at my book recommendations to see what I'd said and so this particular story I said there was a strong Christian message woven into the story and that the characters open their Bibles to seek answers to their problems and I think that's one of the key things that I really like to see is characters that are really looking to see what God says yeah. and 
or if they go their own way, um, have a point in time in the story where they realise that um, what what the Bible says matters as well, if that makes sense. And so I, and it doesn't have to be um, a large amount of the story. Um, I don't necessarily need to hear a sermon or anything like that. It can be very um, light in the story, but it's woven, it's woven into the story enough. And sometimes you can read a book and it has no mention of God or Jesus, yet it's one of the most strong spiritual story arcs, stories you've read. And it's just the way the author's naturally been able to develop the characters. So it's really hard to say what I like and what I don't like, other than when I see it, I know whether I like it or not, sure. which probably doesn't really answer the question, does it? <laughs> yeah, but I do, I do, and I don't like a lot of um, heavy theology in the romance books I read. I mean, you can read a nonfiction book or the Bible for that. So that's not why I pick up a contemporary Christian romance. I'm not looking to, to learn about the Bible. I'm looking to journey of characters and have fun in that sort of sense and in, to enjoy the story. Sure. But I think we can also learn a lot through story. I mean, Jesus taught in parables and... Um, For sure. Yeah, so if that makes sense, I'm kind of rambling a bit. <laughs> well, we'll unramble you now. <laughs> So that was my, I do have a second, but I'll wait for my turn. Okay. Good. Wait for your turn, Narelle. My goodness. Um, I've got two that have a very similar feel. So I'm going to lump them together, not wait for my turn. Um, Valerie Bodden's book, Not Until Us, and Elizabeth Madry's book, Wisdom to Know. Both yeah. of them have a really solid, stable Christian man in, in both cases. It wouldn't have to be, but in this is and a heroine who is like so far off the deep end she's not even in the ocean anymore she's somewhere else and um just that's that story and and both of them it's not a um exactly a salvation story so it didn't quite fit in the first section but god is just chasing down these two women and 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 the, the guys are just stable even keel patient mostly patient wondering what they're doing here why they've why god has brought this person into their life or kept this person in their life and um yeah so that that is that coming back is i think a theme that i really enjoy and i do like ones like you mentioned too where both characters are spend the whole book trying to follow the lord but I do also enjoy the ones where where one is running hard and those two books do that. Yeah. Yeah. So generically, I would say um, I like faint books where the spiritual arc is sort of wrestling with the harder parts of faith in today's world. That's that's certainly what I tend to write. I tend towards that for my characters to have mm -hmm. to deal with. And I I like to read it too, because I do feel like we live in a world today that is um, challenging to live for Jesus. Um, it's, it's definitely swimming upstream compared to the culture. Um, and, and I think it's nice to read about characters who are struggling those same struggles, but who then always succeed <laughs> because it's like, yay, there's hope. Um, because sometimes it can feel like in your own life, it's like, this is hard and my arms are tired. Um, you know, and, and so to, to have the, it's 
like, it can be okay. You're going to be okay. Just keep swimming. Um, and so that's what I like to see. Um, and I thought of um, Lori Larson's book, uh, Finding Love for the Playboy, actually. Um, she, she tackled very lightly, but it was really well done. Um, just sort of the propensity to seek money and fame and the trappings thereof um and sort of like you have this foundation of faith but you can get caught up doing this other thing and you lose sight of where maybe god is actually calling you to be because you've gotten waylaid um and so i really appreciate it and it's not heavy-handed at all and i think honestly some people could really easily read that book and completely miss that there's this, this spiritual arc journey for the character on that end. Um, but it's there. It's definitely there. Yeah. I think sometimes um, what's, I think what can be really interesting is how everyone reads a book differently and comes to it differently. And sometimes I think that um, people's eyes are open to certain things at certain times for certain reasons as well. So it's lovely to have those books that um, can be sort of enjoyed at all the different levels, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. all right Narelle what's your second one all right this is my second one I only had two this time is um finding love in seaside Oregon by Angela Ruth Strong so one of the inspire romance authors yeah. this one's a novella so it's short length and I do have a book cover it's in finding love at the Oregon coast you'll find this one and um this is a runaway bride and um basically she takes leap jilts she leaves him at the altar runs off turns up at this um, bread and breakfast in seaside oregon in her wedding dress and the um hero has been praying for a wife and this runaway bride turns up on his doorstep <laughs> it's one of those big grand gestures at the beginning of the book that isn't a spoiler <laughs> so um and it's a really good story and so the thing that um I'm just going to have a look at my notes on this one is that Christina's really when she's doing the honeymoon by herself which is just horrible in so many ways <laughs> and such a challenging thing to do and she's really taking stock of her life and seeking God's will for it and Dave really falls hard for her like he just is like wow but there's all these problems and there's complications and they become friends, but she's got the baggage of her past relationship because she's just left this man at the altar, et cetera, et cetera. So there's lots of conflict along there, but it had um, a really strong and organic faith element in the story. And um, both of them were really seeking the Lord and walking closely with the Lord. And I really enjoy those stories sometimes to see characters that to actually see their day-to-day -day relationship happening as well I think it's really beautiful to see in a book and I have a quote that I'd put in a pardon I enjoyed that one as well yeah and I have a quote from the book that I put in my book recommendation is and this is in the heroes um he's saying this he says you knew in your head I was going to catch you he said in her ear but you didn't feel safe in your heart until you'd experienced me catching you multiple times it's the same with God the more we let him catch us the more our hearts trust him so I thought that was just, yeah, just a lovely, um, it just was a lovely way. And a lot of um, authors, I think, are really good at just, 
they're gently putting in those faith elements. They're not necessarily in your face, Jesus, but they're just those little gentle um, reminders. And I think for a lot of Christian readers will read contemporary Christian romance because they're looking for that affirmation and they're looking to journey with their Christian friends in a book as well. So I love those stories too. Can I do one more? Yes, because you're stealing my second one, but that's fine. Go ahead, talk. (laughs) Go ahead. No, go ahead. It's your book. You can talk about it. I took I took Dan, so I'll let you have I'll let you have Plum Upside Down. Plum Upside Down. Um, both characters are are believers, and Keenan is very keen on missions, and he is he's a relatively new believer, and he's just like just gung ho and solid. Whereas Chelsea was raised in a Christian home, and she's never not believed but she's not really super secure in the fact that God really loves her personally. And it was an, a really interesting journey for Chelsea because it was a journey I was going through as well. As soon as I, like Elizabeth, I don't actually plot out my stories. And when I was writing this, I all of a sudden realized where it was going. I was like, no, 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 no. I don't know enough about this. I don't know how to help her because I can't help myself um, get through this it wasn't a crisis of faith so much as just trying to get a connect between the head and the heart at that time. So if, if you're looking for something like that, where there is a deep dive spiritually, but it's a romance story, um, then, um, then give Plum Upside Down a try. And again, it can stand yeah. on its own. It's, it's part of a series, but um, go ahead. Beck, go ahead and say whatever it is you were going to say. Well, no, just that it's one of my favorites. I mean, and, and from the standpoint, I, I will say generically speaking, and not just because I'm her friend, but um, I feel like Valerie's books always have really strong faith arcs to this stories. Um, there's never going to be a question whether Valerie's books are Christian romance or sweet romance. Like they're, they're Christian very clearly there's always a faith arc that that matters to the story it's not just pasted in to to qualify for the genre it's um and and more often than not it's something that's going to you know leave you pondering it when you're done reading too which i like that aspect of it um if you find that scary then don't listen to me just go read (laughs) valerie's books um and we're (laughs) having a mutual admiration society the same as with yours (laughs) <laughs> because the, the, the faith element isn't tapped on tacked on to yours either um they the characters are real and they struggle with real things whether they're far from god at the beginning of the story or whether they are followers like just like gung-ho there's there's always something right we have we have never arrived as believers or we will have arrived when we do arrive. And meanwhile, life is just full of things that hit you sideways. And I think it can be really helpful to read about characters who face things like that and uh, that the Lord gives them words uh, and encouragement, sermons if needed, prayers of their grandmother, whatever is needed to, to pull them through. All right, and that kind of leads us actually to the third um, sort of 
the, the other end, the far end of the CCR spectrum, um, and I've heard actually some of their authors term it Christian light um, instead of, you know, full up um, Christian fiction, but they call it Christian light. So um, the characters might pray generically. They won't like write out the prayer, but it will be like he prayed um, or they'll go to church. Um, but there won't be any mention of what happens there. It's just after church, they, you know, kind of thing. So um, with it, so there's not so much an integral part of the plot that has to do with their spiritual development or um, spiritual struggles. Um, certainly not theologically overt. Um, do you read these? Do you consider them CCR? I tend to, I'll, I'll admit, I'm a little bit of a snob and I tend to call them just sweet. Um, sorry. I feel the I, same. I do read them. Probably 75 or 80% of what I read would be Christian contemporary romance. And, and then there's that 15, 20, that's just sweet or fun or whatever. Um, I enjoy them, but, um, but they don't, there's like snacking on potato chips, right? They're not a full meal, um, but, so they're fun. They're great. It's, it's nice to have a little little party in your mouth or in your e-reader at times, but um, but yeah, I wouldn't call that a Christian romance at all. What about you, Narelle? Well, I think if we were to go back 30 years, the ref references to going to church and praying were in general market books. I mean, I remember reading general market romance where it wasn't unusual for characters to... Um, have cultural Christian elements in their stories. So it's interesting how I think that's a reflection of where our society's changed, that, that um, it's no longer do you pick up a general market book and expect to see any kind of um, religious references or content. So that I think is very interesting. Um, I, I'm probably one of those readers, I like to know what I'm getting. So I'm more than happy to read a fun light book. And often I'll look for those books. I don't necessarily want to read a book that's deep and challenging. And so I'm more than happy to read um, clean and wholesome, sweet romance, um, very light faith element books, but I like to know what I'm buying. So I don't want it to be, I don't want to read a book description that makes it sound like, a very Christian book and then read it and then think this is a fake Christian book. If or that makes sense. Way around. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. That's important to know um, what you're getting. And then I'd much, and to be honest, if, if you can't organically include a spiritual thread or a faith thread in the story, I'd rather the author not try and do that because um, I'll get frustrated by what I call a fake Christian story where the characters are doing, they're going through the motions, they're doing all the right things, they're praying, they're going to church and it's like, well, what does this mean for the story? How all right. Um, final thoughts? We're, we're, we're probably good for time. So we're, yeah, we're running. Fast, fast yeah. final thoughts. No, <laughs> all right. Um, then I'll just say thank you everyone for joining us at Story Chats. And if you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to hit the subscribe button and your notification bell. You can find um, all the info you need at inspiromance.com slash story chats. And we hope you'll find us again next week. And in the meantime, don't forget to fall in love with a good book. Bye guys. Bye. Bye everyone. <laughs>